Okay. Okay, guys, our next guests are, well, the first guest is Sheldon Larson. He is the CMO for Aesthetics, Aesthetics Biomedical. So welcome, Sheldon. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, it's my pleasure. And our second guest is, I'm sure a lot of you know her from the amazing show, The Bachelor, um, Ashley Iconetti. Hello. Hey, yes. Hello. <laughs> nice to meet um, you. I'm so excited to have you on. I mean, I'm. this is such a starstruck moment for me. So thank you so much for your time as well. Well, thank you. Um, I would love to get started. Um, Sheldon, can you tell us a little bit more about your background um, in marketing and, and just the whole company? Because um, I would love to give our listeners an idea of what goes into being an, a marketing officer. Yeah, definitely. So I think uh, really aesthetics has been ingrained in my DNA, I think, since I was a little kid. Um, my mom and both my sister are in the, the industry and um, in the, in the uh, private practice side. Um, mm. And uh, so it's just been something that's come natural to me. Um, it's not, I actually went to school for hospitality and tourism management and kind of fell into it, um, you know, but I think it's interesting because it's constantly changing. The techno technology is evolving. Um, yeah. Something that, uh, you know, it's an exciting industry that that is growing. Um, and especially, you know, right after the pandemic, uh, we're still kind of in the pandemic, but towards the end of December, you know, we saw a huge spike with aesthetic treatments. And so um, it's something we're, we're really excited about. But yeah, so I, I grew up um, with aesthetics kind of uh, a part of, uh, you know, my family and, and whatnot, yeah. my life. And then um, I shifted and, and ran a couple uh, marketing departments for um, pretty large um, physician practices um, and helped them transition through um, different uh, physicians coming in and out. And so uh, there, there was an opportunity with um, an industry brand um, and uh, one of those physicians inter introduced me to uh, Marianne, our CEO and founder. And uh, I had no idea that I was coming in for an interview um, I yeah. said, hey, you know, do you want to come in and chat with Marianne? And I was like, sure. Um, and uh, lo and behold, I walk in. She goes, where's your resume? And I said, uh, it's not an interview. What, what's going on? <laughs> no. um, she was ready. She was ready to analyze you. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, and then and the rest is history. But, uh, you know, that's how I got to Aesthetics Biomedical about five years ago. And uh, we've built wow. it from a, a very small startup in uh basically an office the size of probably like a typical New York apartment. Um, and uh, now we're in a, you know, our, our entire third floor of our building and I'm about to do a, a second build out um, in there as well. So everything's going really well and uh, really excited. That's amazing. That's really amazing. And it's so interesting. It must've been great to watch um, a company grow from the ground up. Yeah, it's fantastic. You know, I think the one thing about startups is you're really able to put your kind of um, own spin on things and create it from the ground up. And, and I enjoy that because then it's like, it's just, I feel like it's, yeah. it's mine. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I love what you're doing, by the way. So really hats off to you for, for the great work. And I know you put this whole event together from what I heard. So really, I mean, this is a, a phenomenal job. So hats off. Thank you. Um, Ashley, I would love if you could share your background with us as well. 
Well, um, I, I got my master's in broadcasting at Syracuse University. And right after that, I went on The Bachelor. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was kind of weird. It was like a weird season for that, uh, luckily, um, where social media became a big thing with people coming off the show. So I got kind of like ingrained in um, social media marketing. And I was also just kind of be able, I was able to kind of build a career with my background based on the platform that the show gave me so I kind of being like the bachelor beat reporter um and I grew a good following and after all the four seasons of the franchise that I appeared on um ended up getting married to a guy on the show Jared and then um how exciting It's been very good. It's been a very good thing for me um, in my personal (laughs) life and in my career. Um, But I've always, like going into college even, I was like, I do I want to be a dermatologist or do I want to go into broadcasting? And I went the broadcasting way. And um, now, given my platform, I've kind of able to like use my my social media as like um, a a medium for talking about skincare. So yeah, I like yeah. melt them together. And my, my dad's an anesthesiologist. So I do feel like the, the science of medicine is kind of like in my blood. Yeah, it's ingrained. Once you have a doctor in the family, it's over. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I'm, I'm able, I feel like I'm like, I'm definitely not a doctor point, but like I'm able to speak about medicine and health a little bit more advanced than your average person. Yeah, yeah. You grow up hearing all the terms. My dad is also, um, in medicine. So I, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I want to ask you, Sheldon, um, when you were putting the event together, um, what made you actually invite Ashley on? Um... Well, I think it's just that. I think she speaks about our space in a really unique way. Um, yeah. She's knowledgeable about the treatment she's doing, her skin, and and um, really pays attention. I think she's, I, I hate the term authentic, but I'm going to use it. Uh, she's yeah. very authentic. You know, I think that she, she just in a really unique way is able to talk to her her loyal kind of fan base and they right. listen to her and and um you know I just thought she'd be a perfect fit for what we we're trying to do for perspectives I'm so flattered to hear that that's awesome I love that and I you know honestly Ashley with somebody with your background I always wonder um you know how you like approach skincare and the products that you love, you know, because you obviously have such an immense platform. I mean, you have over a million followers and I'm sure that when you recommend something or if you highlight something, your followers really, you know, they trust you, right? So like they, they obviously will go and try it. So when you're approaching your own skin health, what are some of the fundamental things that you like to keep in mind and to, you know, really kind of hone in on when you purchase your products? Well, as somebody who has, is, acne prone and melasma hyperpigmentation prone i um i obviously am a little bit more gravitated towards those types of products and luckily a lot of my audience is interested in that but also i'm very pro medical grade formulations i basically it's it takes a lot for me to promote something that is not medical grade so i try to stay loyal to a few brands and you know i'm always down to experiment but i'll do research on stuff and if it just doesn't sound like the type of thing that i would personally use then i'm probably not going to recommend it and like given the platform it is kind of funny because i have brands sending me stuff all the time i have like an entire like i call it my glam room i have like a 
whole like it looks like an esthetician's office like i look like, I can put, like stuff up for sale and it actually gets like first world problem here but like a little bit annoying because i'm like i'm not going to use this product or recommend it like i know it's like it may like it may be fine like it may wash my face but it's not going to like do anything to help improve my skin so that yeah. you know so i just you know just like no thank you thank you please don't send me things i don't need when in the skincare department right right of course and there's so many cleansers you can have there's only so many <laughs> yeah there was like i was reading i think it was new beauty or something and or maybe it was um uh, allure and there there was like an editor who went in for a facial and the esthetician was like, what do you do for a living? And she was like, I'm um, a beauty editor at, at Allure. And she's like, oh, your skin looks like a beauty editor. And then she goes, what does that mean? It looks good. And she goes, no, it looks like you use a whole bunch of different products and you're constantly experimenting and you're not keeping it consistent. So I'm always trying to keep it. Wow. <laughs> what a yeah, reality no, story. That story stuck with me. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't. I want to experiment, but only to a certain degree. It's hard, of course. Of course, no, especially now with you know. I know in the in the industry, there's a lot of talk, and I think this goes you know hand in hand with the with the the conference today. Is that you know there's a lot of inf inflammation, and inflammation is becoming the central you know talking point in the in the industry because you know people are starting to realize there is such a thing as too much skincare. So, you know, I, I love that you said that because, you know, you're that tells me that you're telling your your followers the right information rather than just taking a picture, which I've seen so many, you know, micro influencers do. Right. Like they'll just take a picture of a product and it's like, do you even know if this works? Like, <laughs> do you even know like what the science is or if this works or anything? So I, I love that what you said about, you know, how you approach skincare. Thank you. I, I think that's the, the key point here is that. Um, Ashley just is, you know, it's educational content. And I think it's, there's a desperate need for informative educational content that can sift through this, all the content that's like a bunch of misinformation and very hard and these TikTok challenges that are out mm -hmm. there and things of that It's nature. anarchy. It's it, anarchy. That's why I named my podcast Skincare Anarchy. <laughs> you know, so I think I was on a panel um, today with um, three uh, beauty directors um, from some yeah. of the major media outlets. And it was funny because I asked them that same question. I've been dying to ask me, you know, beauty directors questions versus them asking me. Yeah. And I said, so can you tell me like, how's your beauty closet? You know, yeah. like, and they're like, well, I'm surprised. Like I haven't got divorced because I had to take over my, my husband's man cave. <laughs> and cause it's filled with all these products. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, I just don't understand. I mean, that's insane. Well, it's a lot. And it's also, you know, in terms of sustainability, it's just, I wonder, you know, that's why I said to Ashley, I was like, how many cleansers can we really have? Yeah. You know, I would rather have one line that's dedicated to making cleansers and then you just buy the cleanser and then you have other brands that are doing something new and innovative, you know? So I, I completely, completely hear what you're saying. And also Sheldon, I want to ask you because from a marketing perspective, I'm very curious how we can really influence people to not buy all the BS marketing and really buy into the real stuff. So um, can you tell us about that, what your experience has been, or if you've seen colleagues, you know, promoting a, something that you might not, you know, think is the best thing, you know, in the market. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Yeah, a lot of our talking points, I think, when we look at this is the difference, and I'll talk specifically about microneedling, is yeah. between the at-home rollers, um, and the microneedling pens, and then the microneedling with radio frequency. And I think there's just, again, there's some misinformation out there. Um, not to say, you know, I'm not here to say anything is, I'm, is I'm bad, a, but- I say don't roll at home. Yeah. You know? 
Me too, Ashley. No, me too. That's right. All right. Yeah. So my esthetician was like, those rollers are BS. The way that they go into your skin is at an angle and that angle is only going to create little tears in your skin. It's not doing anything that you would have. That's exactly what one of the doctors said in this conference. They explained that. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I think that that's a, you know, a must know for consumers out there looking, you know, for just, just hundreds and thousands of, of consumers looking each day on real self for microneedling. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, then they come back after they've done these in, in-home rollers and they have infections and they mm-hmm. have problems with their skin. And it's just, it's really awful to see. It's something that you don't want, obviously in the category of microneedling. So I think mm-hmm. education is a key component when we look at um, our brand strategy, our positioning, um, how we look at different campaigns, especially direct to consumer uh, campaigns. Uh, it's all about education and making sure that the consumers on their journey make the right decision. Um, right. And some of that's different for, for each individual. But ultimately, I think if you provide them the right material and education to make the most uh, informed decision, we're doing our right thing. Now, I have, a, I have a question, and this applies, I think, to both of you is, you know, in terms of giving knowledge and information to, you know, the masses, right? Like how, how has that been for both of you in terms of using layman terms and really translating science into everyday talk that people can understand? Because I, you know, I, and I ask this because I think that there's a huge disconnect between consumers understanding the science and then, you know, really making informed decisions versus just another brand, you know, or some random brand that's founded in someone's kitchen who just says, hey, listen, my product is going to make your skin brighter. So you should buy it. You know what I mean? Like, so how do you how do you deal with that? Like with, with relaying real medical information to everyday people? Well, I think that the consumer now more than ever is the most educated, right? Because of um, some of these doctors and, and physicians and providers who are coming out with content that is helpful. Um, yeah. But I think that's why you see, um, you know, different sites having the success they do like Real Self um, and being able to get those um, reviews that are actual uh, reviews and, and all the information that, um, you know, are qualified by physicians. So, I mean, right. To me, I lean on those resources. I, I also use Real Self. I love scrolling on Real Self. As soon as I see <laughs> a new technology, I'm like, oh, what are the examples? What are the before and afters that Real Self has? What are the doctors? What are they saying? Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know if I'm the typical uh, audience member. I do feel like when I try to relay information to my audience, like if I'm with my dermatologist or um, my estheticians, I only trust a, a solid few. I will take their information and kind of like it just put it in bullet points, you know, whatever yeah. I walk away from that conversation remembering in my head, like that's what I'll relate to the audience. I love that. I really, I like that because I think that that's how people, you know, we need more effort like that because that, that's what I keep running into is that people are like, well, what do you mean tyrosinase inhibitors? Well, what do you mean, you know, uh, peptides or, you know, growth factors? And, and it's just like the understanding. Um, doesn't seem to to register, you know, on, on this other side of things. But um, moving on, I want to talk about social media. And I want to talk about how both of you um, feel that social media fits in um, as far as, you know, just promoting really good skin health devices or skin health treatments. Well, um, I do feel like Instagram is a huge beauty platform. I mean, wow. Yeah. Um, it's just all you see are faces, right? And yeah. 
hard to tell which faces are real and which ones are manipulated. I mean, look at what Khloe Kardashian went through this week or or what we experienced her going through. I don't I don't know. It was weird. I'm like, I'm like that first picture that you posted made me feel like really great and normal. Like you right. still look insanely in shape. I wish that you would have, you know, just stuck with that first picture and not make such much hoopla about it. Cause now I'm like, oh, you didn't feel like you looked great then? Because like now that makes me feel like I'm maybe not as looking great as I thought I could be anyway um yeah yeah I hear you though I hear you well, like, come what, on what a tangent but I guess um I mean it's just all you're seeing is like aesthetics right because everybody on Instagram wants to look their most beautiful or even it's not if it's not their face it's like the scenery or something like all, Instagram is all about beauty so I, I feel like it's just a natural place to promote different procedures and skincare. Yeah, I, I think love that. Yeah. for us, you know, Instagram has been a, a fantastic platform for us to showcase our treatments, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, right. If you look at, you know, our social media accounts and handles, it's 100% user generated content. We don't post promotional um, material. We don't, uh, we leave it to where it's just kind of a raw, it's almost, you know, like just if they were to walk into a, a derm or a plastic, you know, surgeon's office and, and see someone getting the treatment. And we've right. seen success from that, you know, we get hundreds of DMs a day that we're connecting consumers to physicians. And I think because uh, user generated content is just king right now. Yeah. And we talked about this on the panel earlier, but like I will determine the kind of doctor that I go to for a certain procedure because of what they show on their Instagram. Like how many times have they done this? How does it look every time they do it? And yeah. then, I utilize hashtags a lot. Like I will, I will like hashtag Vivachi and see what the before and after is on Vivachi are. Oh, that's, I love that. I love hashtags. And I, I think if you utilize them well, they can be a great source of learning for a lot of people. And, you know, unfortunately I don't, I don't see a lot of people doing that. So it's interesting. Well, you brought I, mean, that. Hashtags, I mean, from an influencer's perspective, yeah. they really lower engagement. Once people see that, it feels like sponsored content. It feels like you're trying to promote something, Yeah. Uh, but from somebody who's like researching hashtags are great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I struggle with them as well. So, you know, I understand where you're coming from. I I'm actually curious, Ashley, for all the micro influencers out there, I want you to give some advice because, you know, I see a lot of people trying to become, you know, or create a platform that is going to be, you know, valid, right. Where people can take the advice they're giving, but it just doesn't seem to come through or they don't gain followers. So do you have any advice for um, all of the aspiring micro influencers out there? Find your peak engagement day and limit your content to just good content that you really like sharing because, okay, so my best engagement day is Sunday by far Sunday night at nine Eastern. It differs mm -hmm. Each person, I don't know. Sheldon's nodding. Do you feel the same? Sunday is is the best, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of people who work with Sunday is 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 great, and, and it's in that average night. You know, I feel like people scroll right. On people their scroll phones, right before they're going back to work. Exactly yeah. before. I think yep. definitely it's that like relaxation before the work week, um, but even just nighttime in general works best for me. So I always post at nine Eastern, whether that's yeah. story or main feed. I think you just have to figure out what time you're going to get seen the most because the Instagram algorithm is wacky. And yeah. then I think that you need to um, I mean, a lot of people just think, oh, we'll just keep putting content out there like over and over again. I actually find if you space it out throughout the week and you only post a certain number of days, that actually helps you. 
I love that. Thank you for providing that. I had no idea, by the way, about Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so you both just told me something new and I'm going to try Far it. Away from Friday and Saturday. Right. <laughs> I think that, I think less is more, mm-hmm. you I know, agree. I just, I've never been a fan of let's blanket people with content mm-hmm. because there's, there's just an overwhelming amount of content out there right now. It's hard for people to, to, you know, view it all. And, and I just think that less is more and and yeah, I mean, Sundays has always been great. Yeah. Wednesdays, I have heard, is Wednesday, a good day too. I, I say Sunday through Wednesday. Once you hit Thursday, and like it brings me back to college, like Thursday, Thursday, I think people are starting like to relax a little bit, get a little bit more social, get drunk. More, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I, I've never understood the full algorithm of Instagram. I know I played around with it, but it was always something that I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm gonna put what I put up, and hopefully somebody likes it. but um I you know I want to thank both of you this has been awesome I you know I don't get to talk to um you know people with your background a lot so I really appreciate your time and all all the great work that you guys have put into this amazing conference oh thank you well it's all Sheldon he's he's rocked this this has been amazing great work Sheldon (laughs) I mean I think we've had fun and uh you know thanks for having us on I appreciate it and uh and hopefully next time, um, you know, we'll be taking this uh, symposium out to, uh, um, you know, city near you. You guys can come out and and be yeah, and uh, it'll be great. Would love to. Thank you so much for the offer. Um, okay, so that's the end of the episode. But I want to thank both of you. Hi guys, this is Ekta again. I just wanted to pop in and say I hope you really enjoyed this episode and also just to mention that we are so excited about our new sponsorship package and um, we've been getting an immense response from it. So thank you so much to everybody who's responded. And also, if you know anybody or if you're a brand that is looking to sponsor us, please shoot us an email at skincareanarchy at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to the episode and I will be back next time.